0: Genesis 37-Genesis through 38 Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of seventeen, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the son of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, As you know, your brothers are grazing the flock near Shechem. Come, and I am going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to him, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks, and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, ''What are you looking for?'' He replied, ''I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks?'' ''They have moved on from here,'' the man answered. ''I heard them say, ''Let's go to Dothan.'' So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. "'Here comes that dreamer,' they said to each other. "'Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns, and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams.' When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. "'Let's not take his life,' he said. "'Don't shed any blood.' Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them, and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty, there was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal... They looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern, and sold him for twenty shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern, and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, The boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe "'slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in the blood. "'They took the ornate robe back to their father, and said, "'We found this. "'Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. "'He recognized it, and said, "'It is my son's robe. "'Some ferocious animal has devoured him. "'Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. "'Then Jacob tore his clothes, "'put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days.' All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of the Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. At that time, Judah left his brothers and went down to stay with a man of Adelam, named Hira. There Judah met the daughter of a Canaanite man named Shua. He married her and made love to her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son, who was named Ur. She conceived again and gave birth to a son and named him Onan. She gave birth to still another son and named him Shillah. It was at Kezib that she gave birth to him. Judah got a wife for Er, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar, but Er, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the Lord's sight, so the Lord put him to death. Then Judah said to Onan, Sleep with your brother's wife and fulfill your duty to her as a brother-in-law to raise up offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the child would not be his. So whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he spilled his semen on the ground to keep from providing offspring to her. What he did was wicked in the Lord's sight, so the Lord put him to death also. Judah then said to his daughter-in-law, Tamar, Live as a widow in your father's household until my son Shillah grows up. For he thought, He may die too, just like his brother's. So Tamar went to live in her father's household. After a long time, Judah's wife, the daughter of Shua, died. When Judah had recovered from his grief, he went up to Timnah, to the men who were shearing his sheep, and his friend Hira, the Adullamite went with him. When Tamar was told, Your father-in-law is on his way to Timnah to shear his sheep, she took off her widow's clothes, covered herself with a veil to disguise herself, and then sat down at the entrance of Enam, which is on the road to Timnah. For she saw that, though Shelah had now grown up, she had not been given to him as a wife. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute, for she had covered her face. Not realizing that she was his daughter-in-law, he went over to her by the roadside and said, Come now, let me sleep with you. And what will you give me to sleep with you? She asked I'll send you a young goat from my flock He said Will you give me something as a pledge Until you send it She asked He said What pledge should I give you Your seal and its cord And the staff in your hand She answered So he gave them to her And slept with her And she became pregnant by him After she left She took off her veil And put on her widow's clothes again Meanwhile, Judah sent the young goat by his friend the Adullamite, in order to get his pledge back from the woman, but he did not find her. He asked the men who lived there, "'Where is the shrine prostitute who is beside the road at Enam?' "'There hasn't been any shrine prostitute here,' they said. So he went back to Judah and said, "'I didn't find her. Besides, the men who lived there said, "'There hasn't been any shrine prostitute here.' Then Judah said, Let her keep what she has, or we will become a laughingstock. After all, I did send her this young goat, but you did not find her. About three months later, Judah was told, Your daughter-in-law Tamar is guilty of prostitution, and as a result she is now pregnant. Judah said, Bring her out and have her burned to death. As she was being brought out, She sent a message to her father-in-law. I am pregnant by the man who owns these, she said, and she added, See if you recognize whose seal and cord and staff these are. Judah recognized them and said, She is more righteous than I, since I wouldn't give her to my son Shilla, and he did not sleep with her again. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. As she was giving birth, one of them put out his hand, so the midwife took a scarlet thread and tied it on the wrist and said, This one came out first. But when he drew back his hand, his brother came out. And she said, So this is how you have broken out? And he was named Perez. Then his brother, who had the scarlet thread on his wrist, came out, and he was named Zerah. Matthew 18 At that time the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him among them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you change and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So whoever will humble himself like this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it is better for him that a heavy millstone be hung around his neck, and that he be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks, for it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to the person through whom the stumbling blocks come. And if your hand or your foot is causing you to sin, cut it off and throw it away from you. It is better for you to enter life maimed or without a foot than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye is causing you to sin, tear it out and throw it away from you. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fiery hell. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If any man has a hundred sheep, and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go and search for the one that is lost? And if it turns out that he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the ninety-nine that have not gone astray. So it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven for one of these little ones to perish. Now, if your brother sins, go and show him his faults in private. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that on the testimony of two or three witnesses, every matter may be confirmed. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, he is to be as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how many times shall my brother sin against me, and I still forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you, up to seven times, but up to seventy-seven times. For this reason the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, the master commanded that he be sold, along with his wife and children and all that he had, and repayment be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me and I will repay you everything. And the master of that slave felt compassion, and he released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, and he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began pleading with him, saying, Have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling, and went and threw him in prison until he would pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved, and came and reported to their master all that had happened. Then, summoning him, his master said to him, You wicked slave! I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his master moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he would repay all that he owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you, if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Acts 13, 1-25 now there were prophets and teachers in Antioch, in the church that was there. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manain, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were serving the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set Barnabas and Saul apart for me, for the work to which I have called them. Then, when they had fasted, prayed, And laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed on to Cyprus. When they reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they also had John as their helper. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they found a magician, a Jewish false prophet whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul, and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas the magician, for so his name is translated, was opposing them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared at him, and said, you who are full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not stop making crooked the straight ways of the Lord? Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and not see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist of darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had happened, being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. Now Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. But John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But going from Perga, they arrived at Pisidian Antioch, and on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After reading of the Law and the Prophets, the synagogue officials sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say it. Paul stood up, and motioning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers, and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt, and with an uplifted arm he led them out from it. For a period of about forty years, he put up with them in the wilderness. When he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land as an inheritance, all of which took about four hundred and fifty years. After these things, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin. For forty years, after he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he also testified, and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. From the descendants of this man, according to promise, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus. After John had proclaimed, before his coming, a baptism of repentance to all the people Israel. And while John was completing his course, he kept saying, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he, but behold, one is coming after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. Proverbs 7, 6-23 For at the window of my house I looked through the lattice. And I saw among the naive, and discerned among the youths, a man lacking sense, passing through the street near her corner. And he walks along the way to her house, in the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, and the darkness. And behold, a woman comes to meet him, dressed as a prostitute and cunning of heart. She is boisterous and rebellious. Her feet do not remain at home. She is now in the streets, now in the public squares, and lurks by every corner. She seizes him, and kisses him, and with a brazen face she says to him, I was due to offer peace offerings, today I have paid my vows. Therefore I have come out to meet you, to seek your presence diligently, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, with colored linens of Egypt, I've sprinkled my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's delight ourselves with caresses. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him. At the full moon, he will come home. With her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Suddenly... He follows her, as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as one walks in ankle bracelets to the discipline of a fool, until an arrow pierces through his liver as a bird hurries to the snare, so he does not know that it will cost him his life. Psalm 16 Protect me, God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have nothing good besides you. As for all the saints who are on earth, they are the majestic ones. All my delight is in them. The pains of those who have acquired another god will be multiplied. I will not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The measuring lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, my inheritance is beautiful to me. I will bless the Lord who has advised me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. You will not allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will not make known to me the way of life. In your presence is fullness and joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever.